Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Yasser Hamid and I'm a specialist registrar in old age and general adult dual psychiatry training in Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Trust. I am the trainee member of the Iraq subcommittee, the ISC of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, and I'm here to talk to you today about the work this subcommittee has achieved during its eight years journey. This talk is taken from the ISC annual report, which can be found on the college website. To give you a little bit of background about the Iraq subcommittee or the ISC of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, uh, it is part of the International Advisory Committee in the college. The International Advisory Committee and the International Affair Units serve to promote education and research to advance global mental health across cultures in collaboration with UK and overseas partners. The IS, ISC's main function is to update the International Advisory Committee on Mental Health Issues related to Iraq and to advise the committee on the needs and developments of mental health providers and act as a liaison between the college and mental health services in Iraq. The ISC was formed in 2005 with five members who were Iraqi psychiatrists working in the NHS and three co-opted members and one trainee member. Membership is gained through application and interview. The members of the ISC come from the Iraqi Mental Health Forum UK or the IMHF UK. And this forum was formed in 2003 by Iraqi mental health professionals in the UK, mainly psychiatrists. In 2008, an online network was formed among the members of the IMHF UK and was named Iraq Mental Health Network or IMHN to facilitate contact between its members and provide a medium where discussions related to mental health in Iraq can take place. Now, a question might be asked is why Iraq? Iraq's mental health has suffered greatly due to decades of wars, economic sanctions, followed by an ongoing fragile security situation since the US-led invasion of Iraq in 2003. It is estimated that half of Iraq's physicians have left the country since 2003, and 40% of the country's primary health care clinics do not have any physicians. Little research has been done into mental health of Iraqis. Only one national survey is available, which is the Iraq Mental Health Survey, or the IMHS, of 2007, with 4,332 respondents, all of them were adults, which showed that anxiety disorders were the most common group, with a prevalence of 13.8%, and major depressive disorder, the most common disorder, with a prevalence of 7.2%. Child and adolescent mental health issues are particularly important the IMHS reported substantially increasing lifetime prevalence of most disorders across generations, and individuals younger than 18 years constitute almost half of the population, according to the WHO, 
Mental Health Atlas 2011. Despite these challenges, Iraq does not yet have an official mental health policy and its mental health system is fragmented and unable to meet these needs. Some reports have estimated that there are fewer than 100 psychiatrists in all of Iraq. That's according to the WHO figures and the Ministry of Health in 2006. This figure has increased to about 200 according to 2010 figures, and most of them have little formal training in child and adolescent mental health. Other mental health professionals, such as psychologists or social workers, do not exist at levels of any significance in mental health care system, although this is changing. Even in more stable and more prosperous northern areas of Iraq, which is Kurdistan, psychiatric treatments are mainly medication-based, and there is very limited role for psychological interventions due to lack of training and resources. Paul Bolton from the Center for Refugees and Disaster Studies at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in the United States reported that stigma associated with mental health disorders in Iraq is a significant challenge, which seems to be greater than in other parts of the world. In his article, which was published in March this year in The Lancet, he identified the major challenge in Iraq as the urgent need to provide widespread effective treatments acceptable to both adult and children who frequently do not have access to psychiatrists or even physicians. The ISC was formed to address these issues and is working with Iraqi authorities and professionals inside Iraq to help find solutions through different channels, which I will talk briefly about today. With regards to the activities and achievements of the Iraq subcommittee over the last eight years, Number one, in terms of networking and building bridges. Prior to 2003, Iraq was cut off from the outside world. 14 years of sanctions and previous regime policies made it almost impossible to keep contact between professionals both inside and outside Iraq. Keeping regular contact with colleagues inside Iraq has helped in building trust and overcoming the inside-outside anxiety. This was achieved through different channels, including visits, emails, telephone contacts, and the Iraq Mental Health Network. In addition, liaison with the ministries of health and higher education in Kurdistan and Baghdad has helped in getting their support for the projects that the ISC was involved in. Number two, In terms of continuous professional development programs and supporting these activities in Iraq, the ISC contributed actively to a significant number of CPD events. This was achieved through the organization and delivery contribution to CPD events both inside and outside Iraq and through facilitating visits of Iraqi professionals to the UK and other countries to attend CBD events. For a full list of these events, please refer to the annual report of the ISC 
on the college website. Number three, in terms of supporting training in psychiatry in Iraq, the ISC responded to requests from colleagues inside Iraq to contribute to a number of activities aimed at improving the quality and training in psychiatry. One of the significant achievements is the introduction of a new curriculum for the Iraqi board training in psychiatry, which became active in 2010. The major changes to the new curriculum of the Iraqi board of training in psychiatry is, number one, the introduction of a competencies-based curriculum similar to the one that is adopted by the Royal College of Psychiatrists, Number two, introduction of formal process of supervision, which is a minimum of one hour every two weeks. And number three, the supervisors have to attend a mandatory training course. Number four, different assessment philosophy has been adopted, including exams, supervision reports, and annual review of the progression of trainees. Number five, the written exams are similar to the Royal College exams. And finally, mandatory training in psychological treatment has been adopted and mainly on cognitive behavioral therapy. Also, the ISC has been involved in organizing training the trainer courses for Iraqi trainers at the Royal College and providing Iraqi colleagues clinical attachments at different NHS trusts to introduce them to the training system in the UK. Finally, de-escalation and restraint training was facilitated by the ISC and was held in Suleymaniyah in Iraqi Kurdistan in 2011. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy Program The ISC has formulated CBT program for the Iraqi board training and now there are 20 board students completed one short case each and met the college satisfactory standards. The pilot psychotherapy service is up and running and has started to see patients in Iraq. Number four in terms of the achievements and activities of the ISC was its rule in service development and assuring that the quality of psychiatrist services in Iraq is up to the standards. And within this work, one member of the Iraq subcommittee has been appointed mental health advisor for the Iraqi Ministry of Health a few years ago. And the ISC has now participated in auditing of psychiatric practices in Iraq in different psychiatric inpatients to make sure that the standards of service and quality of work there satisfies the international criteria which are tailored for the Iraq Mental Health Service. A member of the Iraqi Mental Health Forum is now the director of the mental health program of the International Medical Corps, which is an NGO working in Iraq, and they also help with advice and supporting the mental health services in Iraq. One of the highlights of the work of the ISC with the Iraqi authorities was the development of the Standards and Equality Project. And this was a very ambitious project with the aim of developing standards for the clinical practice and the process of raising and maintaining those standards. 
There were four priority areas were identified in this project. Number one, the ilkitro-convulsive therapy and its application and practice in Iraq. Number two, the rapid tranquilization procedures, including restraints, seclusion, and management of violence. And finally, medical records and patients' rights. The project was facilitated by four Iraqi subcommittee members and two United States psychiatrists with around 15 Iraqi participants. There was a very good response from the Iraqi Ministry of Health to the Quality and Standards Project by adoption of all policies as part of a drive to provide high-quality services in psychiatric hospitals and units all over Iraq and by supplying all medicines, devices, and equipment needed to apply policies and to issue a directive to forbid unmodified ECT or convulsive therapy. Now, it might be shocking for some of our listeners to know that even now, unfortunately, unmodified ECT is given is in some psychiatric units in Iraq. The I1I SC member has supervised an audit recently which showed that there are 10 psychiatric units in Iraq where ECT is provided. The audit has involved 200 patients who had ECT and found that only 70% of them had modified ECT. There were two inpatient units in Iraq which provided unmodified ECT due to the lack of anesthetic services. Within also the activities about the quality and standard project was the collaboration of the ISC with the Iraqi Psychiatric Association, the IPA, and the Iraqi Medical Syndicate to apply policies not only in government hospitals but also in private sectors. Number five in terms of the activities of the ISC is in terms of the research and research support in Iraq. There has been a collaboration on a number of research projects between the ISC members and colleagues in Iraq, and there was a three-day research methodologies workshop organized in Iraq over the last few years for all medical specialties, which included tens of professionals from Iraq to be introduced to the methodologies of research. Number six, the link between Iraq and royal colleges. The ISC has played a role in drafting a memorandum of understanding between the Royal College of Psychiatrists and the Kurdistan Regional Government in December 2007, and also has participated in drafting memorandum of understandings between the Academy of Royal Colleges and the Ministry of Health in Iraq. Number seven is the support for the undergraduate medical education. The Development Partnerships in Higher Education Iraq or the Delphi Iraq project started in 2009. It supports partnerships between higher education institutions in Iraq and UK and is funded by the Department for International Development and managed by the British Council. Currently, there are two projects. Number one, the Kufa Medical School with Leicester Medical School, which is facilitated by one ISC member, who is Dr. Muhammad Al-Uzuri. 
and this program is up and running now. Number two, Baghdad Medical School with Nottingham Medical School, which is facilitated by another member of the ISC, who is Dr. Najat Khalifa. The overall aim is to modernize and improve medical education with the objectives of curriculum redesign, initiate changes to the exam system, providing an opportunity for Iraqi academics to visit British universities to observe teaching practices, developing policies for staff promotion and training, and finally to increase the representation of female academics in Iraq. In summary, the ISC has contributed significantly to provide support to the Iraqi mental health professionals who are facing great challenges to provide good quality care in an extremely dangerous and fragile security situation. For more information on the work of ISC, please visit its webpage on the Royal College of Psychiatrists website. Until we next meet in another podcast, take care and stay well, and always remember that no health without mental health. This is Yasser Hamid signing off from the Royal College of Psychiatrists in London.